drug the tea. They knew my one weakness. Hello, number five. How's every little thing? Who are you and why are you holding me here? I want answers now or I want them eventually. Fair enough. I'll level with you. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Ow. Please, don't do that. Sorry. I'll be blunt. Your webpage has stumbled upon our secret plan. That's impossible. All my stories are bullplop. Bullplop! Don't be cute. I'm referring to the flu shot expose. You see, we're the ones loading them with mind-controlling additives. But why? <coughs> to drive people into a frenzy of shopping. That's why flu shots are given just before Christmas. Of course. It's so simple. Wait, no, it's not. It's needlessly complicated. Yes, it is. And we can't have you out there mucking it up now, can we? No, sir. There's a good boy. Let's get you some ice cream. There we are. Look, you can drug me all you want, but my family won't rest till they find my drug-bloated corpse. I wouldn't count on that, number five. As far as your family knows, Homer Simpson is walking in the front door right about now. I'm sorry, what? Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode CABF02. It is the Computer War Meta Shoes. I am Dando and I'm joined right now by Grumpy Guy. How are you doing, sir? Oh, Grumpy. No, 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 no. Old man Grumps. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure everyone has those occasions when you're just feeling a little bit out of sorts and you're not exactly sure why. You've got to do a deep dive in your own psyche and think, hmm, why am I not feeling, you know, all sparkly and joyful right now? Not um, enough carbs, not enough carbs. Quite possibly, so I'm going to go and eat a whole loaf of bread once we're done with this. So <laughs> let's wrap bread. this shit up. So, <laughs> so I can go eat, uh, yes, my weight in pasta and bread. Yes, that sounds like a good time to me. Well, I... I'm constantly grumpy these days, but I do know why. It's because I'm uh, the parent of a two-year-old that uh, doesn't want to oh. eat its greens. <laughs> oh, but any two-year-old doesn't want to eat their greens. I think yeah, it would be... I, I, a 32-year-old as myself doesn't want to eat my greens. <laughs> you would have the demon child if it did want to eat its greens. You'd think, what's, what's up with this little cat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the calm before the storm. Something's not right here. Mm. Um, but anyway, we're here to discuss the computer war menace shoes. And honestly, going into this, I had very little expectations because we got some reviews from some of our patrons looking at you, Jordan, Mole Man, Richie, who said that this was a dumpster fire that's worse than Homer versus Dignity. And I thought, oh, good God. I was like, I, I remember being an episode that I didn't quite get as a kid. As a kid, I thought, oh, I didn't really know what was going on there. So I went in very low expectations, like I said, and I came out and I wrote in the Patreon group. Whilst the last two to three minutes were pretty, uh, you know, run-of-the-mill, not that great, I actually enjoyed the majority of this episode. What about yourself? I didn't mind the setup at all. I thought, uh, you know, sort of the Simpsons reckoning, well, particularly Homer, reckoning with the early days of the internet and online culture um, was, look, I think it was pretty funny for the time, and it's definitely sort of funny given 20 years worth of hindsight. Similar to I last mean, week, it's a touch of nostalgia that you can sort of, we can relate to it because we lived through it. I guess kids now wouldn't quite see the humour in it, but it's just funny going back and looking at the graphics on the computer and the fact that the websites were so shit. And it's just, yeah, I, that this, the little nostalgia aspect is what sort of, I guess, worked for me. 
Absolutely. Look, I was watching this on Disney Plus, and because I'm an old man, I actually had the subtitles on because. Uh, oh, so do I, man. I live with clubs. <laughs> when you're a kid that's trying to sleep, you have to live with the subtitles on these days. Of course. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that they. Um, uh, capitalize the I in internet, which I don't. I don't think we really do these days. But I sort of remember in the early stages when I know when I had to write articles and had to say things about the internet. You always capitalized it like the internet, like it was yeah, like it was thing a thing. That, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. And nowadays, I don't think we really do that much. I, I'm pretty sure that when television started, probably you know they capitalized the T in television because it's this new thing, and you know, and. Um, and of course, it just became TV or telly or whatever. And now the internet is just as yeah, the internet. So um, it's more, it's, it's, more so re- it's more so referred to as the web now. There's that too, or the net, or yeah. whatever, or online, or you know, just life. But yeah. <laughs> really, but yeah. But so, I, I, like you said, I, I enjoyed that aspect of the episode, and I thought this was maybe once again a a fun story that didn't need to be taken down that like that absurd uh, route. Like it could have just stayed a little bit more grounded. Keep it simple. I mean. There was, there was ways where they could have kept this, you know, in Springfield. They didn't have to go and do that prisoner last, you know, third of the episode. To me, that just felt unnecessary. And whilst it didn't offend me as much as Homer getting raped by a panda, I was sitting there watching it going, I can understand why me as a 12-year-old had no idea what was going on because who the fuck knows what the prisoner is in 2000, or even in the year 2000? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, look, even in its heyday, the prisoner was more of a, like a cult sensation more than anything else. Look, I've got the box set of the show here and it's one of those shows that I keep meaning to get into and I make it like three episodes in and I'm like, I'll get back to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and the thing of it is, it's built up um, such a good reputation among smart, tasteful people who have been influenced by it. It's like, well, there's got to be something to this. It, <laughs> you know, I'm the dummy here, not the show. Uh, but, you know, doing a, not even just a little nod to the prisoner, but turning the whole basically third act of this episode into a long-running prisoner homage is, yeah, a bit of... It's almost weird for weird's sake, even back in 2000. Yeah, well, that's why that's where I agree with what Jordan was saying because um, this almost felt like it transitioned to like a treehouse of horror story where the whole mm. thing's based around a certain... I mean, because they did uh, do a parody or an homage to the prisoner in, I believe it's season nine, The Joy of Set when Homo goes to the cult, you know, no, 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 Batman, that episode yeah. um, with the leader beans. So, and they have the um, the bubble comes and it's, it's chasing Marge. She's trying to escape and it gets Mole Man. Like, that's fine. Just a short little gag like that. But like you said, dedicating six to seven minutes of the last, of the, of the end of the episode to this, it's too, it's too much. It's a bit much, yeah. I mean, look, even for nerds like me who sort of dig this kind of stuff, dig shows like The Prisoners, like, I think you're trying a bit too hard here. You're either showing off the extent of your pop culture knowledge or, you know, you're doing a favour to Patrick McGowan who was, the you know, the star of the, the original Prisoner and who, you know, voices uh, his character number six in this uh, in this episode. So uh, it it doesn't really work. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, li- I like the whole idea that um, Homer is, you know, uncovered secrets and all that kind of stuff and yeah the people who know, know too much are sent somewhere you know far away and uh yeah well that's what the prisoner was essentially about so look it makes sense that they would uh do this kind of thing but at the same time i don't know i think you could do it without uh, paying tribute to the prisoner yeah it's way too wacky though for the simpsons universe but what it does though is it gives me high hopes that maybe next week will be a solid beginning to end episode because last week we got a first act and it fell off a cliff 
This week we got two acts and it fell off a cliff. Hopefully we just get <laughs> three good acts next week. I'm, my fingers are crossed. <laughs> okay. <then. laughs> it's very relevant though in 2020 with the old injections, uh, use, uh, use, uh, mind control using injections. <laughs> oh God, Jackpot controlling our minds with uh, with yeah. flu shots and things like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't seen articles of the Simpsons predicting uh, the, the conspiracy theorist people out there. <laughs> get 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 it right. Get writing it, Dando. Yes, we should do it. A couple of facts about the episode before we get into our, our trivia and whatnot. Um, the episode was written at a time when several of the Simpsons producers had invested in an animated web series company called Icebox.com, which is now referred to as Icebox.tv, uh, which mm-hmm. was co-created by two former writers of the Simpsons. So back even back then, they were getting onto the uh, the internet bandwagon. Um, what they early did adopters, was, good on them. Yeah, and what they did was back then. Uh, Homer's site was actually based on uh, on the Drudge, the Drudge Report because back then there was this website. It still exists now. It's much different to what it was back in the day. But um, they were going to actually have Homer sort of become or just take over the role. I think it's Mike Drudge. Is that the guy that runs that website? Matt Drudge. Matt yeah. Drudge. Matt Drudge, yeah. Which launched in about mid-90s, 95-ish. That was actually the website that um, broke the, the scandal of Monica Lewinsky and Clinton. It did, yeah, yeah. Matt Drudge was a bit of a... Um I guess a modern sort of uh, comparison would be someone like Alex Jones. Okay. Yeah, but uh, certainly uh, right-leaning, a uh, bit of a rabble-rouser. I mean, by his own admission, uh, something of a, um, you know, uh, underachiever. I think he, you know, I think he says he graduated something like 340th out of 360 people in his high school class. Uh, he only sort of got interested in, in computers because his dad bought him one because he thinking, oh, God, I've got to do something to connect into the world or find something that he might be interested in. And yeah, Drudge uh, subsequently sort of became, uh, well, a bit of a news gatherer and also a bit of a muckraker and occasionally, you know, got it right or got some uh, actual information that people were interested in. And uh, it gathered momentum from there. I mean, but yeah, but Drudge was quite the... Uh, Quite the figure in the early days of the internet. He was like, "Oh well, this is this is the new face of news, or this is the this is the way, you know, uh, information is going to be sort of distributed in the uh, in this new era of the internet." And he was kind of the face of that, even though he's a kind of a dork. <laughs> I feel like I was a little bit too young to really appreciate the the birth of the internet. I was still just a real, I was still just a kid, essentially. I can't imagine what it was like, just particularly for yourself, as someone who you know wrote for print media for so long. Was it scary? It wasn't really. I mean, those are, <clears throat> uh, certainly in the um, in the late nineties when it really started to to gather speed. I think yeah, people in the media and creative people viewed it as a, an additional new frontier, not something that would take over, but just an add on. So you know, you everyone was like, oh, well, you know, we'll still have newspapers, but you know, they'll you know. Newspapers they'll, they'll for, also for, be on the internet, yeah. Yeah, newspapers and magazines for, you know, deep dives and, you know, thorough reads and all that. And, you know, you can use the internet for, you know, up-to-the-minute stuff or other kinds of things like that. I mean, you've got to remember that in the early days, it wasn't exactly <laughs> zipping along at a fast pace, the internet. It took you a while to, you know, for something to actually appear on the screen. I can't recall being worried about it. I thought it was like, uh, oh, well... Yeah, it's an interesting way to sort of, uh, yeah, connect with people and uh, and distribute information in, in new ways. But I didn't think it was going to take over to the extent that it has. What I was going to say earlier was that it doesn't exist now because I checked, but when after this episode aired, the writers, what they did was actually created a website. They created Homer's website and called it Mr. <laughs> X, MrXsWebPage.com, uh, which was made to resemble Homer's website back in the episode with all the crazy shit going on. 
Oh, good Lord. Actually, actually, (laughs) I just realized that I typed Mr. X website. Maybe Mr. X's webpage still exists. Let's have a look. Mr. X's webpage.com. I kind of hope it does. I was wrong. Here we go. It's loading something. It's trying. I don't think it's going to work. I wish they they kept the domain. It seems to me like one of the things that a Simpsons writer would do, they would just keep that domain and just keep it going. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure that there are, you know, some pages that were... You know, set up in the uh, in the late nineties or whatever, early two thousands, that are still around unchanged. Yeah, the, know, space, the, the Space Jam website still exists. That's the one. Yeah, I knew there was one that. Uh, yeah, it was one of the sort of the first things to come up. It's like, yeah, this movie's got its own website. Check it out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's still there. It's like this. Um, yeah, time relic capsule. of a lost time. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I love it. Hey, my favorite. All right, what was your favorite moment from this episode, Mister Davis? Um, well, look, I'm I'm someone who um, I'm not technically minded, let's mm-hmm. say. So anytime I've you know bought a computer or bought a car, even I'm kind of like, okay, well, will it get me from A to B, and you know, or will it do the stuff that I need it to do? Will it kill my enemies? Need... Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah, my car definitely will. But um, you know. I don't need you to give me all the specs or specifications or technical details about the laptop I'm buying. I just tend to say, okay, I'm going to use this for word processing, checking my email, uh, probably looking up naked ladies, uh, <laughs> and, you know, YouTube. Okay, naked ladies. No, no, no. But, um, yeah, so I don't really need you explaining, oh, it's got this, 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 and that. The graphics cards yeah. and everything, yeah. All that kind of business. I'm like, will it, will it do these things? So, um, and they'll say, yes, it will. So, um, so Homer going to the other uh, computer shop and that, that slick guy say, you're, you're not a sucker, are you, sir? Um, <laughs> that kind of deal. That rang very, very true to me. So yeah, I think that was probably one of my favorite bits. The other favorite bit, though, and it, it's, it's something that didn't even happen in the episode. But I'd like to imagine Lenny and Carl's day trip in the car. <laughs> With the music turned up. <laughs> yeah. They just seemed like they were up to have a blast. I'd love to know where they were going and what they got up to. Yeah, where they go to. It's, it's like they're heading somewhere to like Venice Beach or something. <laughs> it's kind of vibes I was getting. But I Indeed. actually, I really enjoyed when Lisa says to Homer, now I've written down all the notes, so you know, all the commands, so, make it, so anyone can use this computer. Homer's like, hmm. Cuts to the, the computer outside in the bin. <laughs> oh yeah, there was a lot of good edits in that regard. I mean, uh, I got I got a huge laugh of him dragging the the computer home behind the back <laughs> of his car. But the, yeah, the bin ones were great. I also appreciated a poo, like going, <laughs> and he gets the tape ripped off. This is not a library. <laughs> Did you ever get told that? Did you? Were you somebody oh, mate, around no, milk I, bars not, or not those exact words? But I used to be a fiend for going to read the WWF magazines in the news agency and the guy would see me coming in and be like and it's sort of like I try and avoid eye contact because he knew exactly what I was going to do because we couldn't I couldn't afford to buy like buy this $10.95 magazine and he'd let me read like one or two pages and he'd go Brendan I'm like I'm sorry sir <laughs> put it back down <laughs> what about yourself um yeah I was actually I, I could uh, while away hours in news agencies and things like that I mean I think they were probably setting up signs saying not a fucking library um, <laughs> whenever I come around. But uh, no, I used to love that, just uh, going to a, going to a news and just browsing the shelves. Oh, this is out. Uh, it's a 
bit much. I might have to flick through this from cover to cover to see if I'm willing to throw down the amount of money to actually take it home and then read it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the thing. I very rarely committed to, you know, maybe on school holidays, Nan, God bless her soul, she's gone now, Marlene, she'd, we'd go to the news agency, she'd, you know, buy me a magazine, like a wrestling magazine or a Simpsons comic or something. And when I eventually did get one, you know, I'd take it home, I'd read it 20 times, I'd cherish this thing because now I can just buy a magazine whenever I feel like it. But when I was a kid, it was an event. I was like, holy shit, I've got this thing. And like, I, I read it like every single word in that book, probably 20 times over. I loved it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, God, I mean, I was a, I was a magazine junkie back in the day. I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember how many I sort of how many monthly ones I would buy on the regular. It was probably maybe five or six. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so I, I'd even read like the writers' names and the, like the credits at the start and everything. I, I just I loved getting a magazine. <laughs> oh, magazines were the were the effing greatest, man. Next question: You there, eating the paste? Alrighty, trivia for this week. So, Mr. Davis, would you mind if I kicked off? I don't mind at all. I have exactly five questions, so if we double up, we're in trouble. Okay. So, how many more? How many mortgages had Homer and Marge gone through? So this was his what mortgage? Oh, you are on your fifth mortgage. Fifth mortgage, correct. <laughs> um, what were the police cooking on the electric chair? Chicken. 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 Yeah. I'm not sure how you cook chicken. Like I suppose you're just frying it up. I guess. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, just need a bit of bit of oil on there. Uh, so, how, what percentage of discount were the police department offering on their merchandise? Oh man, nope, that one slipped right by me. Eighty oh. percent off. That's got to be Ooh. below. That's got to be below cost. Absolutely. Something I've been. There's one upside to this uh, pandemic that we're going through, and there's a, a lot of discounts on a lot of stuff right now. <laughs> Mm. A lot of places are sort of uh, anxious to get rid of their merch. So, yes, the the, the savvy buyer can uh, yeah, do all right with certain things. Well, it does the problem with working in it, like, for example, I work for Pop Culture, is I now know markups on things. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I uh, could, yeah. if I ever left, I'm like, I ain't paying that. <laughs> 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 um, I actually thought that might have been one of your favorite moments with Wiggum saying, you have the right to remain fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. Uh, what was your next question? Uh, Krusty ran over a body in a parking lot, but where did he dump that body? Oh, shit. Can't remember. What was it? It was on a golf course. On a golf course. All righty. He actually, the funny thing is, he got run over on a golf course. Oh, no, he got stepped on by Homer. (laughs) Or did he get run over? I think he might have got run over as well. My next question is, though, and this is another one of my favorites. I love this this scene. So the police officers, uh, Wigan in particular, are doing a press conference, and they ask him some questions, and he storms off the set. What's the name of the reporter that he says, nope, time's up? Oh, was it Glenn? It was Phil. Time's up, Phil. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that they were, he had, he had a name because that's what happens. They have the regulars that come. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, absolutely they do, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a new race living six feet under which city? <sighs> Denver? Denver, Colorado is correct. All righty. Uh what num- This is an easy one. This- you have to get this one. What number was Homer? He was number five. Correct. And he's alive. <laughs> number 12 knows something. What is it? Hmm. I'm just going to guess it was one of the people. Was she the woman that uh, can turn water into gasoline? That was number... Um, I think she was 26, actually. No, number 12 knew the deadly secret behind Tic Tacs. 
Bud Tic Tacs. Damn it. I, I knew it was going to be one of those people. Alrighty. What do you reckon the deadly secret is? Um, but no, that they're, they're, they're addictive and delicious. They are very delicious and addictive. You're right. <laughs> Although I haven't had them for a very long time. For me, the a child version of, like for when I was a child, the equivalent of a Tic Tac was a nerd. Remember nerds? I do remember nerds that are basically just spun sugar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my final question is, since what year uh, have Springfield Forest not had any witches? Which freeze since when? Oh, is it nineteen sixty six? No, think of think of what came out around the same time in the in cinemas and in, in the real world. Oh, the Blair Witch. Oh, since um, nineteen ninety nine. Well, that came out in ninety nine, so they filmed in ninety eight. So yeah, since nineteen ninety eight. Okay. <laughs> All righty. And what do you got right, to wrap uh, up this uh, trivia edition? Righto then. Um, number six has uh, built his lovely boat. What is the sail made out of? Ooh, scabs and dynamite, is it? Scabs, scabs. and dynamite. Oh, well done, Dando. Gross, isn't it? <laughs> it's very gross. <laughs> very impractical. Had it, did you keep score, by the way, of, of, the, of our trivia competition? I didn't, there? but you got one, two, two questions. Right. <laughs> I don't know how many I got. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd say you're, vic- I don't, I don't I'd say you're victorious. I'm, I'm just here for the laughs. I don't care. I didn't take score. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, now it's time to get into some new names. From this day forward, your names will be. Okay, Mr. Davis, before we get into the new names today, we've got to read out our awesome $20 patrons. We've got Mr. Jordan Moleman, Richie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zur, Christopher Darby, Chris Malion, Will Manthorpe, Ben Smith. Noah Daniel, Matt Thompson, Mark Boston Burgess, Alex Rodriguez, Tom Pickering, Kane Von Nagy, Josh Hedge, Sean Davey, Keith Nedham, Sam Bennett, Timothy Belson, Brandon Twitchell, Nick James Bitch, Cal McDonald, Shannon Hofer, Nicole Catalina, and George McMenemy. Thank you so much, guys. And also shout out to our new $5 plus patron, Mr. James Rooney. Oh, our patrons, we love them, don't we, guy? Oh, I adore them, each and every single one of them, um, some more than others. No, no, I love you all the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before, we, before we get into your championship, though, I have to read out uh, the current leaderboard as it currently stands. So in third position, we have Alistair Danik on four points. In second position, we have D.L. Gorman on five points. And in first position, on top of the tree, is Garod Harrahill on six points. Oh, the gear man standing strong and proud atop. But uh, he can be toppled at any time. That's, mm. uh, that's the way the, uh, the new titles uh, game goes. Yeah. Um, now, we've got one or two honourable mentions this time around before we go to three, two, one. Um, I think Jordan Moreman Ritchie speaks for a few of us um, about this episode when he, when he retitled it, two out of three acts ain't bad. I um, like that. It's good, isn't it? That's pretty good. Very on point by Jordan Moleman. Richie, well played, sir. Um, another one that I liked uh, was Keith Nettam's uh, The Passion of the uh, Dancing Jesus. <laughs> what, I, what I liked about that scene was that that's basically what the internet was back then, just finding funny shit to look at, like GIFs and things. <laughs> oh, very much so. Or, But occasionally you could take a wrong turn because, I mean, what's is it Rule 36? Have you ever heard that saying before? No. I don't know if it's Rule 36 or Rule 34. It's like, if anything exists, there'll be a porno version of it. Okay. I'm looking at Rule 36 <laughs> now. Let's have a look. Rule 36. Uh, just as Rule 36, do not forgive. I don't know. 
Anyway, <laughs> but the thing is, though, we just, for some reason, I don't know what it was, but we loved dancing things, didn't we, when the internet first started? <laughs> yeah, well, was dancing baby an internet thing? You know, the dancing baby from Ally McBeal? Yes, well, I think it started on Ally McBeal, didn't it? And then it became like an internet. Like, so many people were just... Send it in emails. It's like, look at this baby, it's dancing. It's like, yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but going to the three, two, one of all, let's yeah, start yeah. with one, and it's from DL Goldman. Ooh, DL is now equal first as at the moment on six points. What is what yes. do they have this week? Uh, their title is Internet Lies, a large cat's prize, and a koala in disguise. Mm, pretty damn good. Very clever. Well done, DL. I don't know, is DL the one who sort of does the rhyming ones a, a fair a fair bit, or...? DL's the one that's worked out this game. They just contribute a shitload of names until one of them works. <laughs> <laughs> they play, yeah, Gear does that as well, and a few others, yeah, they play a bit of a numbers game. Um, number two, uh, two points, I mean, goes to Dave Abbott-Smith. Ooh, Dave. Um, Out to yeah. thir- he's now in third position on five points. Yes. Dave gave us prisoner cell block HTML. Um <laughs> A bit of, uh, they always say, yeah, the best jokes are the ones you have to explain, but yeah. maybe a little explanation is uh, is required here. The Australian show Prisoner, uh, aka Wentworth, well, not aka Wentworth, but recently remade as Wentworth, mm. um, overseas when it was uh, when it aired in the UK, for instance, it was known as Prisoner Cell Block H, um, and of course HTML has the internet thing, so you've got a bit of a combination of the two things there. Eh, it's, it's a little unwieldy, sort of clumped together like that, but uh, I think Dave's heart's in the right place, and it gave me a bit of a chuckle, so nice work, Dave. Uh, but three points, and uh, guess what? A new player has entered the game, Ooh, I think. Who? This is Nicole Catalina. Oh, this, this was a good name. I'm glad you picked this it. This is. And by the way, Nicole, your new nickname is the Catalina Wine Mixer. <laughs> I'm sorry, just, just live with it, baby. <laughs> But uh, Nicole's um, new title, the Mister X Files. Yes. Oh, that—that's a name that should have just good. gone with. That the Simpsons. Yeah, you should have been listening and just you gone with that one. It's it's great. It's a it's a really good title. Yeah, Not yeah. Even- I, I appreciate it more than than what the episode title actually is because you know the X Files was still big on television then. It's a Fox show. Why wouldn't you go with that? I've no idea. Maybe Chris Carter of the X-Files said, hey, man, don't be stepping on our brand. Yeah. But, um, but they didn't know that. No, because they had, they had that Mulder and Scully on an entire episode. So, Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, well done. The, well done, the Simpsons, the Simpsons' loss is Nicole Catalina's gain. Three points. You're on the leaderboard. I also wanted to throw in one. Just, I didn't want to read it out in case you had it in your top three. But I really like Jasper Bruce's. I can't remember what it was. What it was. Let's look for Jasper Bruce. Oh yeah, X marks the scoop. <laughs> Not bad either. Yeah, I really, really appreciate that one. But thank you to all our patrons for contributing to this week's Guy Davis New Name Championship. Now, Mr. Davis, we're going to go through our Twitter contributions. Follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod. What do we got here? At Dam Thompson one zero eight six. He says, "Mr. X, that name again is Mr. X." <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So we've got at Daz Miller. He says, "HTM dash Hal." Mm, a play on good, HTML, yeah, and we've got at Tim Whitehead says Mister Expose. Finally, I thought I thought what I'd do is I do want to just show love to the Twitter followers at Four Finger Pod. If you haven't followed us yet, uh, I wanted to show some love to our followers on Instagram. So 
pretty much, guys, if you haven't followed us on social media, do so. At Four Finger Pod on Twitter and at Four Finger Discount on Instagram. So here on Instagram, I asked for some new names as well. From at Yoga Vivich420, they say the net 2.0. At 42 Black, they say Control Alt Delete. And so they're pretty much going with the does here. And uh, and at Rowan J. Ardvark says, Papa's got a brand new website. Oh, I like that. Yes, yes. And finally, I asked our, f- our followers, our people who like our page on Facebook as well, followers on Facebook for some new names. And I just I just picked one out here. Uh, so James Lee says, the Finned computer wore menaced shoes with racing stripes. And he says, you see, he just took the title that we already had and added fins to lower wind resistance and a racing stripe for added sharpness. This is my kind of uh, my kind of rebranding. Well done. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to all uh, the extra new names. So like I said, follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod. Follow us on Instagram at Four Finger Discount, and just like us on Facebook as well, Four Finger Discount, for your chance to get your new name read out on the show. Now, Mister Davis, let's get into our review of the Computer War Menace Shoes. So the episode originally aired on December third in the year two thousand. The chalkboard gag was I will. Only provide a urine sample when asked. And Not couch- a bad one. Yeah, yeah. And the couch gag was a play on Snoopy, where Sam's little helper does a little dance, a little jig on his hind legs, like Snoopy likes indeed. to do. Yes, indeed. And by the way, the title, The Computer War Minish Shoes, it's a bit of a play on an old Disney movie, uh, look, a pretty dopey Disney, uh, Disney movie called The Computer War Tennis Shoes, uh, starring a young Kurt Russell. What's that movie actually about? I don't know, it has nothing I- to do with this episode, but... No, no, I think Kurt's just an average dude, uh, like a college student or something who, I don't know, gets struck by lightning or something and then knows everything. I can't remember. Okay. Look, the thing of it is, Disney made a lot of junk. <laughs> they did. The that, man, like, who was, was, who's the guy that left from and created DreamWorks? Uh, Ca- well, Steve, oh, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Jeffrey Katzenberg, yeah, because he's the one that basically saved Disney in the mid to, mid to late 80s. Him, Michael Eisner. There's one or two others. Yeah, in the yeah, in yeah. the um, in the mid '80s, they yeah tried a few new things. I mean, they opened up a little bit of an, an adult branch called Touchstone that uh, had a lot of hits, and they started um, revamping the animation section. And, and of course, we got things like Little Mermaid, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and, Lion uh, King. Yeah, yeah, and was off to the races from there. But yeah, for yeah, Disney was essentially like a the cinematic and uh, entertainment equivalent of a low-rent childcare centre for a very long time. Yeah, you, you flick through Disney+, Plus and you're like, what the fuck are half of these movies? <laughs> oh, absolutely. It, that was, it was so hilarious uh, back when Disney+, Plus sort of first announced, hey, we're loading up all the Disney stuff uh, that we've ever produced onto Disney+. Plus. And, you know, all these people whose sort of frame of reference of Disney started with, say, The Lion King or whatever, were going back and going, what the hell's the apple dumpling game? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, old heads like mine who have been around going, yeah, Disney was crap for a long time, man. Yeah, yeah, they really, really were. It wasn't until I did research on, um, on I did a podcast on a Goofy movie that I realised just how fucking bad Disney were during the, like the 70s, early 80s. It was terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, enough, enough about Disney. Enough about Disney and Disney Plus. We promise, promise you they don't sponsor us. We just... Somehow got off on a tangent, but the episode kicks yeah. off here. The computer wore menace shoes with Homer at the gate of the power plant. He thinks he's locked out. He's trying to get into work. Probably the first time we've ever seen Homer actually trying to get into work when he doesn't have Indeed. to be. And Lenny and Carl rock up and say, no, they're closed for fumigation. We see Mr. Burns struggling to, uh, to fumigate and get out and escape. <laughs> and then we get the whole... And immediately you're just like, ah, oh, 
Oh, Simpsons. Didn't you get that email? And it's like, <laughs> like back in 2000, when email was still something that you had to explain to some people. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, I can't remember the first time I sort of had an email address and, you know, used it on the regular. It was such a, it was still quite the novelty. Mm, receiving an email was a big deal. Oh, yeah. I liked, I liked that, um, I think Carl referred to it as a quiet phone call. Yeah, I did like that as well. Very good. Uh, Homer decides, well, you know, I have to, you know, be with all the other people and get a computer myself so I understand what an email is and I can start receiving emails. Um, and then we get the, I'm not quite sure why they did this, but then he forgets that he was locked out and says, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm not sure whether that was needed, but, you know, it was fine. I, I, we love The Simpsons very, very much. We, I think we are in awe and respect of uh, the work that the writers do. But I think there's more than one occasion when they have trouble finding the right note on which to finish a scene or transition into the next one. Yeah, that didn't need to so, exist, that last 10 seconds at all. Yeah. Um, so Homer's now buying a computer. Um, I guess I'll take that one. Hmm. Well, do you need a paperweight? Because if you buy that machine, that's all you're going to have is an expensive paperweight. Well, a paperweight would be nice, but what I really need is a computer. How about that one? Mm-hmm. That technology is three months old. Only suckers buy out-of-date machines. Uh, you're not a sucker, are you, sir? Heavens, no! Oh, good. Because if you were, I'd have to ask you to leave the store. I just need something to receive email. You'll need a top-of-the-line machine for that. That's the same computer astronauts use to do their taxes. I was an astronaut. Uh, of course you were. Hmm... $5,000? You only have 10 seconds to decide, sir. <laughs> this is the best computer in the world and always will be, right? Absolutely. Just run the deed to your house through here. Yeah, I just love the salesman here. He's fantastic, isn't he? Oh, God. he's he remi- It's like if Duffman got, you know, he couldn't be Duffman anymore. So he um, ended up, you know, selling computers or something like that because he, he just had that, that kind of alpha male-ish energy I feel like if, if Phil Hartman hadn't passed away, this would have been like Lionel Hutz. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, it would have been a marvellous... Yeah, Phil, Phil Hartman as his character would have been amazing. Absolutely. Because <laughs> Phil Hartman was so good at being that real douchebag that you still somehow liked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oil, oily, but um, but likeable with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like in Jingle All The Way, he is such a slime bag, but you're just going to love it. <laughs> And you can just hear him saying, you're not a sucker, are you, sir? Yeah, you're not a sucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. But I love Homer's response when he goes, well, I do need a paperweight, but I actually just want a computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of um, ways that I enjoy Homer, but one is, you know, when he thinks that he's sort of on a level, level playing field with someone who is clearly a lot smarter or more sophisticated than he is. It's like, oh, no, we're having a, you know, a fully... Um, you know, civilized conversation here. And I always get a kick out of when Homer says things like, oh yeah, I was an astronaut once. Yeah, sure you were. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, man. So um, yeah, so he's put the day through for the house on the fifth, uh, fifth mortgage. Homer's then dragging the computer home and what they did here well was sort of set up the, uh, almost set up the story where with the pothole because that's what makes Homer yeah. start, that's what, that's what turns him into Mr. X. That's, what, that's why it he does. starts the website. Yeah. Now then, computer... Kill Flanders. Did I hear my name? My ears are burning. Good start. Now finish the job. Oh, you're busy. Catch you later, computator. Oh, $5,000 for a computer and it can't handle a simple assignment. Dad, I'll 
set up your computer, why don't you and Barco play in the backyard? Hear it! You <laughs> gentlemen! <laughs> okay, you're ready to go. I've written down the basic commands so that anyone can understand them. Hmm. Homer, bring that back in the house. Fine. So then Homer, Homer's getting a great kick out of watching Dancing Jesus, and you can't think of any other better reason to use the internet. And, then, you know, in the year 2000, he was right. You couldn't do much on the internet in the year 2000. That's true, but at the same time, it was incredibly addictive. I mean, I think they say it doesn't matter. Oh, you be, have you been up all night on this thing? And, and, and it really was. I mean, there wasn't much on the internet in ways in terms of content or things like that or, you know. You just, you just keep clicking. You just fall down, fall down that rabbit hole, man. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. As you and I always seem to do, we end up watching old TV commercials. <laughs> <laughs> if you've committed a crime and you want to confess, click yes. Otherwise, click no. You have chosen no, meaning you've committed a crime but don't want to confess. A paddy wagon is now speeding to your home. Hey! While you wait, why not buy a police cap or T-shirt? You have the right to remain fabulous. One of the few times we have a a fade transition in a Simpsons episode. Yes, that's a. Yeah, a very, it was an interesting bit of bit of a wrinkle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's usually just um chop chop chop. But uh, then Homer reveals to the family his crappy website. Um, I <laughs> I didn't mind this. The only thing I didn't like about it was that the fact that they, it didn't go anywhere. So Bart trying to admit that you know he's mad all the time and he swung yeah. his knife at a police officer. And I'm like, I know I know they're trying to get that Homer's not paying any attention to his kids. Attention. He's focusing on his website, but I'm like. If you don't do something that heavy, at least have it go somewhere. Like they don't mention it. Bart's just happy in the next scene and it's just forgotten about. I'm like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna have that, have it mean something. Yeah, don't go that hard, that fast, and then you know, don't follow through with it. I yeah, mean, I yeah. can. It it makes sense from a uh, you know comic storytelling perspective, but mm, yeah, there's there's other ways you could have done it. And I think you uh, yeah, you drop the ball. You, you fumble the ball a little bit. Yeah. With that one. Uh, Lisa says you better change your name, so he just changed it to Mr. X. Then we get this is where Homer was up all night, um, waiting for someone to visit his website, but no one's visiting. That lousy pothole! Why don't they fix it? I heard Mayor Quimby spent the street repair fund on a secret swimming pool for himself. Get out! Who told you that? Nelson. Hmm, that's the kind of dirt that belongs on my webpage. You can't post that on the internet. You don't even know if it's true. Nelson has never steered me wrong, honey. Nelson is gold. You know, it might have been Jimbo. Beautiful. We have confirmation. <sighs> now we get another uh, very adult gag that I never noticed ever until I watched it for this review. Comic book guy once again. Let's see here. X-rated girls already bookmarked. Dial X for sex. Mr. X. Hmm. Shall I cross the final frontier? The bi-curious comic book guy. It's yeah. They <laughs> they seem to be putting a lot of very, rather saucy gags into the mouth <laughs> of uh, of comic book guys. So, uh, I, I yeah, I don't know exactly why he became the uh, delivery vehicle of of choice, but uh, well, <laughs> I'm getting like, I'm getting a few sort of <laughs> laughs out of it. So yeah. yeah. I, I, the older I get, the more I relate to him as well, which I guess is kind of sad. But I just love the, there is no emoticon for what I'm feeling. <laughs> oh, no, God. I mean, I guess we still, 
do we still use emoticons? I mean, oh, I of course, do. yeah, of course we do. We, we we send smiley faces to each other all the time. <laughs> That's true. Yes, but I mean, there's the emoji, which is the sort of the updated, fancier yeah, okay. version of the yeah, emoticon. Yeah, we use emojis. Yeah, but the thing is, like, when you put a full stop at the end of a message, it's sort of like when you're being serious. If you just if it's just a lighthearted message, you always end it with a smiley face. The smiley face is replaced the full stop. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the lovely Louise's daughter. She was sort of talking about uh, internet stuff and the fact that, yeah, you you never end a sentence with a full stop. No, never. Cause, no, because otherwise, yeah, what, are you mad at me? What, what What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, I mean, stupid. The thing is, though, what we do is we always end the message with how the tone of the message is supposed to be read. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the old <laughs> thumbs up and things like that. But anyway, um, so oh, I thought this might have been your favourite moment, actually, because you do love some Agnes and Skinner. Mr. Axe has done this town a great service, despite his poor grammar and spelling. Seymour, are you looking at naked ladies? No, mother. You sissy. <sighs> She's so mean to him. Uh, but it's that, that delivery. You sissy. So Gee. good. <laughs> uh, Quimby is then uh, all the media at his uh, office. Uh, it, the fact that he's even already in his bathers. I just loved it. Oh, that's fantastic! It's up there with the uh, hey, get that uh, steel drum out of the mayor's office. <laughs> did you um? Did you notice that the guy was fixing the statue or whatever with pothole cement? I did. I wrote. I said that that was a very nice touch. Yes, very, very <laughs> so. Um, and he's, he's quick thinking of oh, you've discovered the ruins of an ancient city. <laughs> <laughs> so Homer's very proud of himself, and he wants Marge to bring him two of every animal and the dog and cat bail. We come back and we get the uh, the Brockman news report uh, ex- explaining what Mr. X has been able to achieve. But then he reminds if that viewers, is his real name. Yeah, yeah. But he uh, he reminds viewers though that he's not a real reporter. You're supposed to get seek your news from true reporters like himself. Um, <laughs> then it cuts to and we're going to show you the important stuff: how they make dogs speak in beer commercials. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lisa says to Homer, "This, you know, you stop while you're ahead." Homer refuses, though. You know, when Homer's on a good roll, he likes to keep going. He's a gambler, isn't he? Oh, God, yeah. No, he he refuses to recognise his limitations. It's <laughs> it's not a good thing, but it's kind of honourable in its own demented way. That's what we love about the character. Very much. Um, so Homer's now at the Quickie Mart, and he overhears the discussion between Krusty and Apu. Yeah, a coconut bagel. Like poison, it tastes. All right, I'll tell you a secret. My bagels are nothing but weak old donuts. Uh, who am I to point the finger? I once ran over a guy in a parking lot and dumped the body on a golf course. What a bombshell. I love the what a bombshell, and it's about the bagels. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Then we get the... Uh, the wig presser, and they've collected all of the bagels and the donuts and whatnot, and he storms out. It's so great. In the interests of public safety, we have confiscated every donut, bagel, cruller, and bear claw in the city, and some coffee. This morning, Mr. X reported that your own department... I know, I know, but I assure you, the police do not take prisoners out of their cells and race them. Anymore. Well, what about using the electric chair to cook chicken? Uh, yeah, all right. This press conference is over. Go away. I no, it's over, Phil. Police it's like- over. We're now at Moe's Tavern. And the only issue I have with this scene is I'm fine with it at this point. But 
so here they all want to know who Mr. X is and Mo says, oh man, if Mr. X was here, I'd give him a drink, I'd shout him, blah, blah, blah. But then later in the episode when they know that it's Homer, they don't want him to be there anymore. Mm. So it's like, it's, it's fine for this scene here, but then later in the episode, they find out that it is Homer and then they don't want him there. I'm like, well, you know, 10 minutes ago in the episode, you had these three same characters saying they wish they knew who he was. And then they find out who it was and they're like, yeah, Homer, we don't want you here anymore. I'm like, what? Well, I guess if you find out that someone that you, uh, you know, spend a lot of time with, you know, occasionally open your heart to, but, you know, you feel you can be quite candid and open with is, you know, the person who's going to maybe reveal those secrets on the internet. I can understand why you'd maybe want to be a little bit tight-lipped. But I did I did like all that, um, all Homer dropping some very unsubtle hints that he yeah. was, in fact, Mr. But you're talking all sly and stuff. <laughs> or, or am I? It's just, it's, it's or one of those or am where, I is wonderful. Yeah, you want to take the credit for something, but you're not able to, and it's like, I have to tell somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Homer's now at work. Oh, my God, I love this moment. <laughs> Just him sitting on the toilet. Oh, the live long day. I'm like, this is oh. every worker in the warehouse at my work. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they just they go to the toilet and they're back 45 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had those? Like, when do you go to the toilet, right? I know it's getting to a little bit gross oh, ter- okay. territory, but you go to the toilet in the warehouse. There's two cubicles yes. in the male toilets where we used to go, right? That if is there was, if, if there was someone already in a cubicle, would you go and use the one next to it? Are you comfortable using a cubicle next to somebody who's already in there? Uh, yeah, I've got no problem with that. Um, I don't like um, I don't like people knowing that I'm in there because That's the thing. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah, exactly. What kind of sounds I'm going to make? But if I can sort of get in there anonymously, I don't mind if and I don't mind if there's a person next to me as long as I don't know who they are and they don't know who I am. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like okay. You all right, buddy? We're just going to remain anonymous. Yes, exactly. I mean, the, oh, there's nothing worse than maybe oh, then you're, you're going out at the same time. I mean, you've you managed to coordinate. It's like you both open your doors. Oh, 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 oh okay. <laughs> have, <laughs> let, you, let, have, let us never speak of this again. Have you ever tried to wait someone out? I probably have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like just a Mexican standoff. It's like who's going to yeah. leave first? Or. <laughs> Or you do know who is in... Okay, if we're going to be gross with this, let's go all the way. Let's power right through this. If you do know who's in the other one, and say you've had like a bad burrito or some, something like that, and you just know it's going to be noisy and loud and, and uh, you know, graphic. Un- un- unpleasant for all involved. Yeah. yeah. I think there'll be occasion when, like, okay, I've got to get in here, but I'm going to try and get this out of my system as subtly as possible. <laughs> I mean, there are, of course, sometimes when you go and sit down and just like, yep, let her rip. But um, <laughs> sometimes it's like, let's just. And, you know, that's it. <laughs> Hopefully that. <laughs> you know, you, you're not making too much of a scene. But um, <laughs> I, I've forgotten where I was going with this. But, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Like, I, I try to be polite and not make too much noise. But sometimes I'm just like, no, nah, let's just go for it, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, we all know why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but when I do that though, I'm just like, all right, this person cannot know it was me. So no, that's what oh, I'll, yeah. that's what I will wait them out, like we said. But anyway, Homer's <laughs> sitting on the toilet all the live long day, and uh, he gets some journalistic dynamite. This is the thing; they never actually expl- explain, or do they, why Mister Burns is donating the uranium to the terrorists? No, I'm assuming it's got. <laughs> there's got to be some money in changing hands. I don't think he's. Uh, but they, they never show that though. They just show. He just says Mr. Burns is like, yeah, I'm going to be donating this uranium to you terrorists, and it's like, okay, why? 
Yeah, look, I don't, I don't want to dive too deeply into this one. Uh, it doesn't matter, but, you know. I, I, given Mr. Burns' uh, history and things like that, I, I, can, I can only assume it's a business deal. I yeah. don't think it's politically motivated or ideologically motivated. I think it's... I think it's pure cash money, and maybe they made the the deal before, or maybe the drop was made beforehand or something. I don't know. I'm not sure. But, I, do um, like, I do like the fumes going into the vent where Homer is, though. And the Homer's book falls out, and you think in most shows, Mister Burns picking up that book, that's going to be Mister X being caught out. But no, he just puts yeah. it back in. Oh, this place is falling apart. Falling apart. <laughs> I, I thought that was great. That was really well done. That was good. Homer then goes, races home, reports on Mister Burns, and immediately he gets arrested. And we don't see him ever again for the episode. Okay, fair enough. We'd like to award this year's Pulitzer Prize to Mr. X. Unfortunately, we don't know who he is. So his cash award will be used to feed starving children. No! I'm Mr. X. Gimme, gimme. We'll need some proof. Ta-da! He is Mr. X. Thank you, folks. And now I'm off to expose more secret conspiracies. And... Oh, I bit my tongue. This next scene is fucking dark, man. This is about as dark as The Simpsons can get. When Marge says, I feel bad for those starving children. Homer's counting his money. Yeah, they're with God now. (laughs) I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it's as we said, I think, in the previous episode or one before that, I mean... The Simpsons felt it probably had to compete with Family Guy and South Park, so I was like, yeah, we can be a bit edgy too. And yeah, occasionally it's, uh, yeah, that edge was honed very, very sharp indeed. Yeah. I, f- I feel like that for me, when Homer sort of made that gag about the refugees, when he was like, how about a smile? I'm like, he wasn't making fun of the refugees. Like, he's just oblivious. Where him yeah. saying, yeah, they're with God now, like him, him acknowledging, yeah, they're dead now, they're fine, I've got my money. I was like, it's a little, oh yeah, there's a little too much for this character. I, I didn't really like it. I was like, eh, it's a bit too dark. You could view, you could view it as his sort of uh, innate selfishness. I mean, but uh, it's a little dark. You are correct. Mo and his friends, like uh, Lenny Carl at the, at the bar, they don't want Homer around anymore. Um, Lovejoy, <laughs> he was simply going to quote the Bible, but he can't say it in front of Homer, as it says in the Bible. I'll tell you later. And then uh, uh, this is where Homer decides, well, I can't find any scoops anymore, so I'll just make up my own news. For the second week in a row, we get Lisa saying, oh, dad. Dad. Uh, Then we get the the controlling our minds with flu shots. Flu shots? And the Flanders. Oh, man. Uh, Then Homer gets taken away in the Quickie Mart. Um, And this is where the episode gets pretty crazy, isn't it? It does indeed, yeah. I mean... um a lot of it is very, very um, well lifted direct from the prisoner, which you know, as I said, was kind of a cult show. I mean, I think it influenced a lot of stuff, but uh, yeah, to, to lift so blatantly from it or pay tribute to it so blatantly is a bit of a bold move and not necessarily one that pays off. It definitely would have worked. This would have worked fine as a Trias of Horror skit for sure. It's the right. I length. think so. Yeah, it's, it's it's obscure. It's weird. It definitely would have worked like that. But yeah, just just to turn the episode into a whole dedication yeah, to, fold to it that into show, an epi- I'm like what? Yeah, not not quite right, guys. <laughs> this is not a library. Save me, Mister X. I know, Mister X. 
Ow. So Homer wakes up on the island. Um, and he continuously gets gassed. And uh, I don't even really want to delve into it too much. So number six, who is actually the guy from the show, the voice. So Patrick McGowan, who was number six on the show. He was indeed. Apparently they're all big fans. They're all really excited. And it, 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 it sort of like you said at the start, you sort of hinted at maybe this was just a way to get him onto the show. And it's, it's like they just got a little bit overexcited. <laughs> And like, Quite possibly. I mean, the thing of it was Patrick, was, Patrick McGoon was never like a huge star. No, was, no, um, of course not. But um, he was well known for this, certainly. And I mean, apparently, like his wife was a real estate agent and sold um, one of the Simpsons staff a house or something like that. Ah, okay. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I didn't do my research properly, but I mean, I think that was sort of a bit of a connection there. But apparently McGowan was really proud of, and happy of uh, of the work that he did on this episode. He was really stoked to be a part of it. But I mean, year 2000, The Simpsons was still one of the biggest shows on television. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, well, I imagine, I imagine it would have been an absolute thrill and, and quite the honour to, uh, to be asked to be part of it. And particularly in such a, a, a way that, uh, you know, pay tribute to probably his most famous work. So, yeah, absolutely. They do a lot of stuff that is, you know, direct references to the thing. I mean, when Homer says, I'm not a number, I'm a man, that's Patrick McGrew and number six's sort of most famous ah. phrase from the show. Okay, I thought it was so, a I'm not an animal parody. Yeah, no, no, he's... Because they keep, they keep referring to him... He's never named in the show, Patrick oh, McGrew's okay, character. He's never named in The Prisoner. I mean, he's just referred to as number six, and he keeps saying... I'm not a number, I'm a free man. So, um, yeah, for Homer to say that, yeah, it's a direct uh, direct reference to the show. So this is the thing. Unless you watch the show, you have no idea. Like, it's not funny if you don't watch the show. If you don't know what The Prisoner is, yeah. none of this is funny. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's a weird um, one. But so number six explains the concept to Homer and why they're all there and blah, blah, blah. We got the koala. Then we got the, uh, the police and Marge. With Officer Scraps, I thought you would have appreciated this when Marge is like, oh, that's a darling name for a dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he gets the scent of the islands, he uh, swims out into the water, and then Wiggum sends Lou out to get him. Those, those shoes are part of the uniform, Lou. Yes, that's right. Um, Homer is then met with, oh, met by the, uh, the leader. I guess I'm just calling him the leader. We don't actually get his name, I don't think. And he explains to Homer that the reason you're here is because you revealed everybody our uh, mind control via the flu shot. And I did like the little dig here at conspiracy theories. So Homer's like, of course, it's so simple. Wait, no, it's not. It's needlessly complicated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I really Well, that's that. the thing. I mean, it's whenever, you know, there's a lot of talk about conspiracy theories right now with QAnon and all that kind oh, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it, I always go back to a line from one of my favorite movies, All the President's Men, where um, they're talking about Watergate and the, the, the source who sort of reveals to the reporters about, about it all says, what you got to remember here is these are not very bright guys and things just got out of hand. So that's, um, <laughs> and, and that's the way, I mean, I know people like to believe in conspiracy theories because I think they like to think, oh, there re- there's, there's some gonna be a re- There's going to be a reason for something. There's yeah. got to be a reason these things are happening as opposed to shit just falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> Also, is this when Homer says, I want answers now or I want them eventually? Yeah, I want them eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great line. Oh, man. Like, like I said, there's, there's plenty of funny in here when it's not just trying to take a, like, to do a parody of The Prisoner. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, Homer was very funny throughout this episode. But this is where Homer says, you know, my family won't stop until they find my drug-ridden corpse or whatever. And he says, nope, the new <laughs> Homer's about to arrive now. 
And it cuts to Homer eating the ice cream. <laughs> With the needle stuck in his face, of course. Uh, Having said that, it was a pretty it was a pretty nice looking Sunday. I mean oh, aside from yeah. the syringes. Aside from the, yeah, yeah. So uh, the new Homer arrives with Marge and offers her a night of uh, efficient German sex. And she's like, yep, sign me up. I can't be bothered cooking either. So let's go out for dinner. <laughs> Again, nice work from Julie. Julie Kavner is, her, her, her comic timing is just like a Swiss watch, man. It is, you could, you could set, your, set your clock to it. It's just brilliant. Yeah. I, lo- yeah. I love Julie Kavner's for comic timing. Um, also with Bart. I really love the delivery of. I wonder who was the who was the voice of the uh, of the new Homer. I love the delivery of the a new tie I am wearing. It's almost like he was Yoda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Homer, you know, keeps getting drugged. Apparently, I've read on the Wikipedia page that they got a kick out of because apparently on the show Patrick uh, number six, he uh, was constantly yes. drugged on the show, so they just wanted to sneak that in as many times as they could. But it didn't work. It wasn't like Bob with the rakes. It's just like eh, whatever. No, no, didn't quite. Didn't work. No, no. no. Then number six reveals to Homer his boat that uh, apparently took him 33 years to build. Um, and Homer oh. just steals it straight away. And we get the, the bubble. This is also funny. Why do you think a bubble would stop people? <laughs> <laughs> or a balloon or whatever. Just shut up! <laughs> Homer then eventually after four months gets home. He tries to reveal everything via his website. And the leader guy appears on the screen and says, Nope, we're going to shut you down. And I'm thinking, well, if that's the case, why don't you just do that in the first place? Because then we wouldn't have had the third act. Because then it wouldn't be. Because we'd like to do things needlessly complicated. <laughs> <laughs> the new Homer tries to kill Homer, but you know he Homer. The real Homer realizes he doesn't like being kicked in the crutch, so he does it. I didn't think the family when they arrived were happy enough to see Homer. True. Like if it had been four, four plus months and they didn't know where Homer had gone. Well, you know, efficient German sex, and I'm assuming that the the Germans' efficiency sort of extended beyond the bedroom to a whole bunch of other things. I think you know he kept the household running uh, running fairly smoothly, and uh, yeah, Bart's probably not getting choked as much. Lisa's probably appreciative, and uh, yeah, well, (laughs) we all know how Marge feels about it. So, wait, are you saying that the family knew it wasn't the real Homer, but they just accepted it? Or are you saying they were oblivious? Oh, no, I'm pretty sure they were just happy with the way things were going and maybe didn't want to question it too much. Because the thing is, when Marge arrives, she goes, oh, Homie, it's so good to have you back. I'm like, what? You've had a fake Homer here for four months. I think sense is in very short supply in this episode. Yes. Uh, but then they all get drugged by Santa's little helper and wake up on the island. The, the, the last two minutes really fell off a cliff for me. But up to that point, up to when Homer gets back home, I actually quite enjoyed the episode. Um, I just thought the, the, it seems to be a trend a lot where the episodes are good and then they sort of either run out of time or they just run out of ideas on how to wrap things up. And they just sort of Yeah, just, it's, it's another not quite right ending I've written down here. So, yeah, it's... A, you can't quite stick the landing, can you, guys? No, maybe that's the problem why a lot of people don't like this episode is because it ends so poorly. It leaves a real bad taste in your mouth. But up to like the last, you know, up to like the first, I mean, like the first 16 or so minutes of this episode, I thought it was really good. It wasn't as good as like, you know, A Tale of Two Cities or things like that. But, you know, I still really enjoyed it. Oh, look, it's got it's got like a, a sturdy foundation with... Um you know, Homer entering, well, not entering cyberspace, but Homer entering the computer age and, uh, of course, getting seduced by it and taking advantage of, uh, you know, stuff that was happening when we we're all getting into computers and all that kind of business. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's certainly not a bad idea. And, you know, turning him into a, a version of Matt Drudge, who, yeah, was a pretty pivotal figure at the turn of the century when it came to the internet and, you know, information on the internet, I think that's pretty wise. But, yeah, the whole... Um, 
yeah, the whole prisoner thing, yeah, not not really that effective. No, and not yeah, at particularly all. the ending just it stops. It doesn't end. It just stops. I actually mentioned the episode earlier, the the X Files episode. Um, oh God, what's it called? It's one of my favorite episodes, The Springfield Files. Mm-hmm. It's literally one of my favorite episodes, and that episode is so off kilter. It's you, you can tell from the start it's not going to be a traditional episode. It's almost like non-canon. Well, it's, it is not. Oh, I guess it could be seen as canon, but the thing mm-hmm. is though, and although that's a parody of something that's just weird, it's a parody of something that the majority of people, even if you've never seen the X Files, you know what it is. You know what they're going yeah. for, so you can you can appreciate the gags and the the parodies and whatnot. This one's just yeah. too random of a parody for it to really yeah. work if, for six minutes. If you're going to yeah. go all in the way they have with this, it has to be something that's sort of common knowledge or common language among a lot of the fans. You can't be uh, you know, catering to a very small subsection who may know what you're talking about or at least have sort of heard of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we didn't have enough internet bandwidth or Wikipedia or anything at that stage to sort of go... Would, uh, what's this show the prisoner they're talking about that's Better right yeah we couldn't we, we didn't have google at that start. you're right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd have that, you'd have to hunt down a nerd like me who'd say well let me tell you about uh, the uh, british tv series the prisoner story Petra mcguin and even then i probably would exactly how you'd say it too very much so you can't see it but i actually did put my finger to my chin well let me do it that way i'll take a picture of myself doing that and maybe put it up on the on the facebook group do it. I um I do think though, honestly, if they kept this a little bit more simple and kept it within Springfield and didn't do the wacky prisoner um uh, ending, I think this would almost be seen as like what not not a classic, but a really highly regarded episode. It's only because everyone hates that final ending that everyone seems to forget how good the first act and a half or two acts is. It's like I that, think our pal no, no, no uh, one acknowledges how funny the, the start of the episode is because they they're too busy focusing on how bad the end is. Oh yeah, look. A- a, a dissatis- or an unsatisfying ending or a dissatisfying ending really sort of shits the bed in any yeah. case, not just in the case of The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, episode, I mean, but, and uh, we are the kings of unsatisfying endings. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I think our pal Jordan Mole Man Richie said it right. Two out of three acts ain't bad. What do we learn, Palmer? Um, I was of a mind that while have it, it may have its upside, like bringing together the magnificent four-finger discount community, uh, the internet was just one big mistake. <laughs> full stop <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> can you imagine like what, where would the world be right now if we didn't have podcasts can you imagine if this pandemic happened without the internet well I think we'd be relying on what the radio and television and sort of antiquated uh, forms of communication like that yeah, we, we, it'd right, suck we'd have to like write letters to each other how do you write I, I don't even know how to write anymore I've forgotten my handwriting I, I really have to focus on making it legible yeah I used, to, I used to pride myself I was like oh, i've got not bad handwriting and i look at it now and it's like oh god what a scrawl i used to be able to not look and still you know be passable i used to watch things take notes whatever i tried to take notes on last week's episode by writing things out i was watching the truman show actually for our upcoming movie guy podcast and i'm writing i looked down and i went i actually don't know what that says that's just scribbles <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i'll tell you what your, your hand or your wrist gets sore doing it i mean uh You've, you've, there are certain muscles that just haven't exercised the way you used to, and uh, you try doing it for too long, and it's like, oh, ah, or maybe that's just me sort of, I don't know, getting old. But, um, oh, handwriting is certainly a casualty of this thing, so yeah, I don't think we'd be writing that to, writing each other too many letters or, uh, or postcards. It'd be sort of, 
wondering exactly what the hell we mean when we talk to one another or communicate with one another. So what did you do last week? I don't know. Stayed home. You? Yeah, stayed home. Bought some masks. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. That would be that would be the extent of the communication. Jamil, Jamil is here. Ooh. Alrighty, mailbag time. This week, Mr. Davis had a few questions coming through. A lot of them based on conspiracy theories. I don't want to get... Uh, like A few people asked us what conspiracy theories do you believe. I don't want to get into that kind of stuff because it just opens up the, the door to some wackiness. <laughs> it kind of does. And it used to be fun, sort of, you know, speculating about conspiracy theories and things like that, like Area 51 or whatever. But again, not to bring that things down too much. But the more you hear about people who are sort of really subscribing to conspiracy theories, like, you know, families are getting broken up over this, relationships are breaking 100%, up over this. 100%. 100% families are getting broken up. Because what, what this pandemic has done is made people see each other, for, like not for who they really are, but when you see someone that you really, really like, a close friend or family member on Facebook posting and sharing things, and you know they're sharing it because they believe it, it's like, ooh. Um, well, look, what do yeah, I do look I'll tell you. I'll tell you, I mean, I'll say this because, well, quite frankly, I don't think my mum listens to this podcast, but um, my mother, God bless her, I think she's watching a little too much Sky News, and for our oh. international friends, that's the, uh, it's the Australian version of Fox News. Very sort of yeah, right-wing leaning kind of deal, and my mum, who was very, not apolitical, but, you know, not politically vocal for the majority of, of her life is, you know, starting to, you know, speak ill of a few uh, certain political figures and political processes and political parties. And, you know, she'd never sort of pipe up about these things before, even if, if she was thinking it, she would sort of, you know, not be that vocal or that venomous about it. And now every time I have a conversation with her, something like that comes up and I'm like, <laughs> my sisters and I are, you know, having a bit of a chuckle about it. But at the same time, it's like, oh, it's, Downright evil, how you know uh, insidious it is in yeah. in, uh, ch- in changing people's minds. And my parents came over for dinner last night because we've chose them as part of our bubble. And um, it's like I know that the second that something to do with coronavirus comes up, it just ends in some sort of argument. So I just said, "That's it. I don't want to hear it." And like my yeah. dad's, my dad's sitting there watching the news, and he's, oh, "I'm like, don't you're not watching the news? Like we're not watching it. This is coronavirus free. This discussion." And a story. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, of course, you want to respect other people's points of view. I mean, I'm of a, I'm of a mind that, you know, even if we sort of um, we're looking at the world from opposing viewpoints, we can still hopefully find some sort of commonality. But, yeah, this seems like a different thing altogether. So I'm not really that mad on talking about conspiracy theories anymore, unless, of course, it's um, – <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to even say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's choose a question here. So I've got – Mark Boston Burgess says, what did you do on the internet when you first discovered it? I remember – this is, This sounds ridiculous, I know, but back when I was – so I was in grade six at the time, so I would have been – that was in the year 2000, so I would have been about 12 – and I was—I only just sort of started to get right into wrestling the year prior, and in in Australia the wrestling was always a week delayed, so we always got it on—it would air on in America on a Monday night live in America, and then not the Tuesday after the following Tuesday, so a week later we would get that on Fox Sports. But then my friend I remember in grade six showed me this website that was just purely text based. Um, it was one of the really early sort of wrestling spoiler websites, and they would post the results. 
And I used to think it was so clever knowing what was what was going to be happening on the wrestling. And I would be sitting there with my dad and I'd predict what's going to happen. But oh. know at school that day, I'd read the results. <laughs> that was my earliest memory I'm- of the internet is reading the wrestling results and bamboozling my father. <laughs> I bet you were equally beloved and hated by various people who were like, how does he know all this? Yeah, actually, I'll tell you, the, the, I don't know if it's the first thing I looked up on the internet, but because I'm a bit of a film nerd, uh, one thing I discovered was that um, there were scripts of unproduced films. Hmm. You know, and I'd sort of, I'd already bought like hard copies of various scripts. There was a shop in Melbourne called Movie Old that used to sell them for an insane markup. But um, I was look, looking on the internet and, um, and found... Um, the original screenplay for the most recent version of I Am Legend, the one with Will Smith, because I'd heard for ages that it was one of the great unproduced scripts. This was before it got made. This was back in like 96 or 97 or something. Uh, and found it and read it. Thought, oh, wow, this is really cool. And it's not really much like the, um, the version that made it to the screen with Will Smith. But a few years after that, I was, you know, Facebook was starting and I was running around like, you know, <laughs> got to catch them all. By which I mean not Pokemon, but new friends. It's like, oh, let's let's make some interesting new acquaintances or whatever. And one of them was um, the writer of that screenplay. His name's uh, Mark. I'm going to mispronounce his surname because we've never actually spoken, like spoken as people just online. Uh, Mark Protasevich, but he wrote I'm Legend and Thor and a few other things. And I'm sorry, this is going to sound awfully name properly, but he and I have become actually not bad mates as a result of that. So I take back what I said about, you know, um, the internet being one big mistake, occasionally some good things come out of it. <laughs> All righty. Well, there you go. You, so the internet's good for one thing is just stalking famous people and pretending you're friends with them. Absolutely. Of course, <laughs> pretending you're friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get a big surprise when I show it to his door eventually, you know, when we're allowed out of the house. Remember me from the internet? <laughs> Andrew Swan says, what is the weirdest or creepiest thing you've ever found on the internet? I've mentioned it on the podcast a few times. Tub Girl. Uh, I have, I've, I've seen the picture of Tub Girl, but there, there's a lot of stuff like that that I know exists that I just have no desire to check out. I mean, oh, no, like, um, don't. And if, if, listeners, if you haven't checked out Tub Girl, don't check it out. Yeah, don't do Tub Girl. Don't do Two Girls, One Cup. No, um, don't do Lemon Party. Dep- depending on how sort of uh, tolerant you are of alternative lifestyles, maybe avoid Lemon Party. Yeah, I was about to These say Lemon not, Party, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I'll tell you, yeah. Again, early days of the internet, being around um, in the mid-90s when it was starting to sort of gather speed, and I had a friend who was a real sort of early adopter of all things tech. We were over at his place one night, and, you know, he had the big screen TV, so we're sort of like watching music videos on that. But he's saying, oh, yeah, but there's also this thing called the internet where, you know, where you can sort of look up stuff, and I'm like, so television, but slower. (laughs) 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 On a a smaller computer screen. Okay, that sounds great. Um, but one thing that he found, and this friend of mine is, uh, let's say, a connoisseur of the offbeat, obscure, weird, and sometimes distasteful. I don't know how bona fide this is, but he found, like, pictures of some trailer trash, Satan-worshipping-style couple. Um, and apparently, like, they lured some dude to their, to their um, trailer or something and killed him. And they had, like, pictures of, like, yeah, and here's the body. And I was looking going, well, this looks sort of real, but also these pictures are not of the highest quality, so I can't really tell. And admittedly, I was a bit drunk, and I'm like, yeah, what? No, I think I'm going to turn back to, you know, 
watching salt and pepper on, <laughs> on music videos on the big screen TV because if this is the internet, you can keep it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, so man. look, I'm, I'm pretty sure that shit, that was not the real deal. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was one of the earliest instances of internet trolling. Alrighty, final question. Uh, so Nick James, a similar question. What's your earliest memory? Another earliest memory of mine for the internet, he says his was um, getting dial-up in 2001. Used to go on cartoonnetwork.com to play the free games in funnyjunk.com. My, some of my earliest memories is getting the, um, you know, having dial-up internet, MSN Messenger. Did you ever use MSN Messenger or was that sort of too kiddy for you? Um, yeah, not really my deal. I think I was more an email guy yeah, and just um, you know, sending gross pictures to various people. <laughs> that, was, that was an after-school special for me. It was the MSN Messenger. But um, also was... Downloading your programs like Kazaa and um, oh, what was the other one? LimeWire, where you would download music, and it would yes. take it would take you ten hours to download one song, but you know you'd be forty three percent finished, and you could still listen to that percentage of it. So you're like, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I'm cleaning up. I'm trying to tidy up my um, my hard drive on my on my desktop, and I'm found, finding all these old files, and one was full of. Um, yeah, song, not out, not even albums, just singles that I downloaded, probably off LimeWire or something like that back in the day. It's like, oh wow! <laughs> so you know, I tried to I transferred them all to a memory stick and was playing them in the car driving around. It's like, oh, this yeah, is rad. It's like a time capsule, isn't it? Because so, a lot of those Absolutely. songs you forget, you forget they even existed. <laughs> yeah, because these were all like you know, sort of one hit wonders. Like, mm. um, do you remember a song called "Sweet Like Chocolate"? Sweet, I do sing it. Sing Sweet a, like chocolate, boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, there was that. There was one called Swamp Thing, which was basically like um, banjo music with this thumping sort of house beat underneath it. It's like, hmm, I don't know if my taste was just terrible or awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Let the patrons be the judge. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you like patrons, I'll put together a bit, little bit of a like a six-song playlist. Do it of of weird, obscure shit, <laughs> quote unquote, weird, obscure shit that um, that I downloaded back in the day. <laughs> and which, at which point you'll go, uh, can we bring back Mitch? <laughs> Hashtag bring back Mitch. Uh, alrighty, guys, thanks for listening to our review. Of the Computer War Menace Shoes, an episode that um, that I enjoyed far more than I was expecting based on the reviews going into it. Uh, go back and check it out. The first two acts are really, really fun. The last act is a bit of a lost cause. But next week, we're going to be reviewing an episode that's received many positive reviews. It's called The Great Money Caper. I can remember the gist of it. I'm not going to explain it because I know you like to be surprised, Mr. Davis. But I anyway, look forward to that next week. The Great Money Caper. Cannot wait. Uh, don't forget to rate and review us in the iTunes store. Give us five stars and leave us a review. We'd much appreciate it. If you want to be a patron, you get access into the Four Finger Discount Facebook group, as well as uh, the Guy and Dando Show, which you get access to for being just a $1 patron. You go to patreon.com slash discount. Links in the description of the podcast. And yes, just for $1, you get access into the podcast and the Facebook group and all the other fun stuff that goes with it. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for the listeners? You're not a sucker, are you, Dando? <laughs> <laughs>